for wrestling diehards only, this is the Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, our weekly podcast dedicated to the great sport of wrestling. Sorry we're a little tardy tonight. I was having computer troubles. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we're joined by a couple of great panelists tonight. First of all, I want to bring in my main man, Al Fontes. Al, what's going on? You got your camera working tonight. Yeah, I, last week I accidentally hit the button that sort of took me off, and I didn't realize I hit that. And so, uh, yeah, didn't happen this week. So, how's it going? Hey, going great. Good to see you. And you now too. let's also let's bring in our uh, our third uh, panelist uh, tonight, Brian Zollinger. Brian, what's up? Hey, gentlemen. Not a lot. Just uh, excited to be here and. Lots to talk about for sure. It was a fun weekend, fun week. Yeah, the first thing we got to talk about, Brian, though, is your attire for tonight's show. Go ahead and show everybody that sweatshirt you're rocking. This is legit retro, 1994 Tiger Grizz right here. My daughter wears it, and I'm like, hey, can I borrow your sweatshirt? I mean, it was mine back in the days, but it's hers now. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny how the, the, the females in our family kind of in, inherit and uh, take over our, our sweatshirts and our hoodies and everything like that? <laughs> yeah, it was that was a great year. We had three in the finals lineup. Uh, I had two Sanderson brothers on one side of me in the lineup and uh, Kale obviously down a little heavier. Uh, so that was a great year for Tiger Rose to have the three Sanderson brothers that year in the finals. Wasatch, uh, was, they were great that year. I mean, they had seven or eight people in the finals of Tiger Grizz. So it was a fun year for the Tiger Grizz. Yeah. And <laughs> isn't this the 42nd annual? 42 I think, years? I think that's right. Wow. That's a long time. Yes. A lot of tradition there. Yeah, that's that's incredible for sure. Uh, Jacob uh, Eck is usually on with us. Uh, he he just had a newborn uh, child though, so he is uh, as as he said in our group chat. He said, uh, "Baby dude wins tonight." So <laughs> Jacob, have fun with the with the young one, and uh, we'll see you back here uh, down the line. Friendly reminder: as you're hanging out watching this tonight on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account. Go ahead and hit that like button while you're hanging out there. That'll help everybody that can't be here live tonight see it a little more easily tomorrow or down the line. Um, if you're on Facebook, like it, share it. If you're on Twitter, uh, like it, retweet it. If you're on YouTube, like it and uh, subscribe to the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel. That helps all of that social media algorithm stuff that is above my pay grade. And uh, it, it helps everybody out that can't be here live tonight. And we want to hear from you, the fans. We want you in the chat. Uh, last week's show was by far uh, the, the busiest show we've had in, in terms of the chat. And I want to see it going again tonight. Matthew Hamilton already in here repping post balls. Let's go. Yeah, you know it. And uh, congratulations, Jacob, as well. So, yes, congrats uh, from everybody uh, on your newborn child that's really exciting so uh yeah drop us a line in the comments uh if there's a school if there's an athlete you want to give a shout out to a question you want to ask us it is your show uh idaho wrestling fans so you guys can kind of dictate the uh the conversation and how it goes tonight another congrats for jacob from jacqueline thank you uh and look at this yeah look at this all the congrats for jacob coming up we love it um all right so before we get into uh taking everybody's questions and everything like that we always start the show, of course, with the best thing that we saw from the last week. Uh, Al, I'll start with you. I, I have a feeling uh, I know 
uh, what everybody's – it's going to be Tiger Grizz heavy, I feel like. But, Al, what was the best thing you saw from the past week? Well, I wasn't there. I wasn't there in person, but I did track it. I'd say the best thing was watching Minico, you know, the 4A, number one against South Fremont, the 3A, number one. Uh, the team score came down to the wire. Where in the end, I think Minico won 253 and a half to South Fremont's two, 252. They both had three champions, whereas Minico had 10 placers and um, South Fremont had 11. So, uh, Brian, it must have came down to a bonus point or something in the thing. To have it that close was just great for the sport of wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was probably the number one, just watching how close that tournament was for team title. Brian, what was the best thing you saw last week? You know, Al stole my thunder there because I was going to, that that was my favorite thing. And the way that went down, it was crazy. So they, in that gym, the, the lights are off. It's two spots, lights on two mats uh, now that they added the girls. And you had Hobbs finish at 182 in a pretty dominant uh, finals match. He couldn't get the pin. It wasn't a tech. I believe he got the major over Henderson, who's just a, you know, he's, He's a hammer. And so, you know, Hobbs had his handful, but handled the match. So he got points there on the other mat. You had uh, the Clark Kobe Clark at 195 starting his final match. And then uh, Vale from Minico took the mat after Hobbs left after the Clark match started. Vale gets a, a pin from Minico and those watching the score know, uh Oh, Clark has got to get a pin in this 195 match. And the, the what South Fremont's fans knew it. Everybody's screaming. Clark knew it in the mat. The coaches are telling him, I mean, there's a lot of blood timeouts. And it was so great because the crowd's going crazy. And you kind of felt for Clark because, I mean, he he dominated the match. Uh, just a great match. Um, but he knew it. And, and at the end, he's upset. And the people that weren't following the score is like, why is Clark mad? He just won the Tiger Grizz. So it was so cool to see because the South Fremont athletes wanted that to do it for their team so, so bad. It was just fun to see. Uh, so that was my favorite thing. It was also great. You had uh, Hobbs win his third Tiger Grizz, which is pretty rare. And Riker Fulmer from Teton won his third as a junior, setting up to be wow. a four-time Tiger Grizz champion, which, uh, you know, I can't think of. There there could be one in history, but uh, I can't think of who who's won it four-time off the top of my head. So those were some pretty cool things this weekend. So, so Brian, going back to the team score with Clark, uh, what was his final score? Because if he would have got a pen, that would have been two additional points. Did he win by major or tech? I can't recall. It was a major. He didn't get the tech either. So they got an extra team point. So it would have been one more. So it would have been Minico probably would have won by a half a point. Less the, uh, who was it? Hunter Hobbs got a pen too. Yeah, and I'm trying to think because we we were figuring it that if he got the pin, they would have won by a half a point. So maybe he didn't get the major. Uh, it was 13 to 7. So he didn't. Okay. It was a three point win. Yeah. So maybe it would have been a tie. We in the crowd at the moment, we were thinking if he gets the pin, they win by a half a point. Yeah, because I thought tech fall was a point and a half, pin two, then major one. So yeah. um yeah, that's close. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was exciting. It was electric. Yeah. And, right. and the reaction, I mean, th those around us that hadn't followed the score that close, they're looking at him like, why is he not happy? He just won. And and you could just feel for the kid because you know, he put it on his shoulders, he wrestled an amazing tournament, but to me, that was just cool to see the South Fremont athletes want to win that team title so bad. And, and you know, Minico pulled it off. They had a great tournament. The Vail kid getting the pin at 220 sealed the deal. Yeah, Troy Hobb said uh, big shout out uh, to Kayla Vail as well. So that's uh, – we talked last week about some of those, uh, you know, duos. 
Um, the best thing I saw from uh, the weekend was also Tiger Grizz related, but this was on the girls' side. 132 pounds, and basically for fifth and sixth place, Hallie Stone of Pocatello, Destiny Isaacson of Rigby. And I saw uh, Hallie's family shared this on, on some social media that I follow. So he, the story is basically Hallie Stone of Pocatello gets to the semifinals, and then she gets knocked out cold. And they're concerned, obviously. Uh, I'm going to read what they posted because I don't want to talk out of school here. Um, semifinal round, we knew it would be a good match. Turns out we were wrong. During the match, she was knocked out, literally out cold by her opponent. So needless to say, she not only lost that match by injury, but had to default the rest of her matches. She is fine, but we wanted to not risk it. And her coach told the directors she was out for the rest of the tournament. Many tears were shed. As the day is winding down, the Rigby coach finds us and tells us his wrestler, Destiny Isaacson, would like to trade medals with Hallie. You see, because Hallie's uh, injury, uh, injury defaulted, the best she could get is sixth based on her first three wins. Uh, Isaacson would have wrestled Hallie for fifth place, and uh, Destiny told Hallie and, and her coach that she knew she wouldn't be able to beat Hallie, and so she thought Hallie Stone deserved the fifth place medal. Uh, wow. Hallie's family says they cried. Then we told Hallie and she cried. This young lady is what makes wrestling such an amazing sport. When they step on the podium, uh, Hallie was struggling because she wanted more. She had higher expectations for herself. Destiny, however, put herself second and helped my daughter. This young lady will never understand the impact she had on us uh, at Tiger Grizz. So that's kind of a really cool story that if you're looking just at the scores, you're going to see fifth place, Destiny Isaacson Rigby, sixth place, Hallie Stone Pocatello. But there's the context behind the story. And I thought that was a really cool moment. Now, those stories we want to hear. Yeah, that's right, what cool. we really want to hear. That's awesome. Yeah, so if, if you if you are a an Idaho wrestling fan and there's a story like that out there somewhere, that's that's what we want to talk about. We want to shed the light on because these are all great competitors, but they're great people too. And we talk about that every week, just how incredible these young men and women are um, outside of the arena as well. So, yes, please share those stories with us, whether it's here in the chat. Uh, you can send uh, an email to us as well, Brandon at IdahoSports.com, and I'll make sure we get it on the show uh, for sure. Um, Billy and Chelsea say, watch some good matches this weekend up the Tiger Grizz. And Brig Blake says, how about the Packer-Mogger match? What do you think, Brian? Uh, and that was one of the great matchups. Everybody was looking forward to that when it went down, and, uh, you know, it didn't disappoint. So uh, one of the great matches that we had there for sure. Yeah, and they both wrestled at Fargo, so Packer, what he placed at Fargo as well, kids put in a lot of time, so that's that's great. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was almost too bad. I mean, the kid from uh, Utah or Corner Canyon, I mean, in the finals with Mauger, that was a great match, but, you know, the, the Packer-Mauger match in the, the semis was probably the best match of that weight class. I think it ended – it was a two-point match, I believe, with it, or two or three points, and so it was a great match. Yeah, and I think that kid ready. from Utah was a state champion, two-time finalist from mm -hmm. uh, Utah. You said Corner Canyon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Van, Vivanco? Yeah, Vivanco, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, one of the premier athletic programs in Utah, not just wrestling, but all sports there, Corner Canyon, for, for sure. Their, their basketball team is legit. Uh yeah. Uh, Troy says, you know, he's a South Fremont rep. Uh, he says, I think if we would have brought our full lineup, we would have pulled it off. We only brought 12 to score, but hats off to Minico. They are awesome and great coaches. 
Um, that's what makes wrestling fun, right? Al is uh, kind of the hypotheticals, but ultimately, you know, for all the hypotheticals, ultimately the results are what they are. The data doesn't lie, right, Al? Well, they're just giving us a snapshot what to come. But in, at, in the, at the end of the day, put all the rankings aside, everything, when you get to state, that's really where you want to peak and have your be at your best performance. So I'm confident South Fremont, Minico, everyone's going to be at, uh, at their peak at that time. So, Al, you you said you would crunch some of the numbers from Tiger Grizz this year. You want to share? So, yeah. First of all, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. I I heard this on a news cycle or something. There was over 1,200 wrestlers at this tournament, boys um, and girls. I, I think I think that is between with the with the JV because you had 700 with, JV. Okay. Yeah. With the JV. Over so, 12. based on the number crunching. Um, of state champion, there was 10 returning state champions from when I say this is from the four divisions um, of all the placers. There was 40 returning state placers out of state teams. Seven uh, were placers and then state qualifiers uh, from last year's state place. Now, if we break it down to kids ranked in the rankings and all the divisions, there was over there were 60 kids ranked in the state. And then if you break it down by. Um, Placers by grade, it almost looks similar to Raleigh Lane, where 44% were seniors, 30 was juniors, 16% was the sophomores, and the freshmen were right around uh, 9%. But um, as far as all Americans, uh, you know, we had uh, 12 total. That includes one of the kids from Utah that placed at the uh, folk style nationals. You know, with Mauger being a four-time national champ, Aiden Natal being a double, triple crown winner. And, uh, you know, I think Bowden Bantha placed out there. So you had some kids that had a lot of national level experience in this tournament, but, uh, overall pretty good, solid stats. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. And, um, this is, uh, Brian, what was Tiger Grizz like back in the nineties when you were competing? It was a, it was a big deal, right? It was, I mean, it was the biggest, uh, everybody, you know, from this side of the state, we didn't do as much traveling as they do now, you know, back and forth across the state. So, this side of the state. And we had Boise, Utah school teams. Like I said, my senior year uh, in the finals lineup, I literally had two Sanderson's on one side of me uh, and then Kale Sanderson down the line. I mean, you had some of the all-time greats, obviously, with Kale Sanderson coming to Tiger Grizz. Nobody knew what he would be then, but uh, it was a tough tournament forever. And it, it was it was big, a bigger deal than state over here when I was in high school, just because you knew you were going to wrestle all divisions um, and you know, you'd have three or four state champions in your in your bracket. So and, and it's still a big deal and it's it's getting back to its glory. I think this was a good year. A lot of the schools came back from Utah. We didn't have Wasatch back, but we're hoping to get them back uh, soon. Yeah, no, you're right. Like I said uh, prior uh, for Wrestling USA, I think in the mid 90s, I used to write articles on the top tournaments in the country. So I'd break down the top 10 nationally like the Ironmans, the Doc B's. But I did regional. I remember Tiger Grizz was one of the best in the Northwest region. I remember doing that. So I've known about that term for a while. And you're right. That's back when Sanderson's were wrestling there. So, yeah, yeah it's got a good history. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and to see it climbing back towards that, yeah, look, it's awesome. Steve uh, Steven Adams says, uh, hats off to all those ninth graders who made some waves this weekend. Now you were talking about that. And then Stephen also said it was really cool watching the uh, the 106 and 113 boys from Mountain Home, the Rosales twins, um, twins that are so fun to watch uh, and cheer each other on. 
Uh, Gabe is at 106. Daniel is at 113. Uh, Brian, as we talk about 4A, obviously Minico, you know, gets the headlines and Jerome, of course, also is a, is a strong program the last couple of years, but Mountain Home is also in that same district. All three of those teams are, are all right there. Where does Mountain Home fit, fit in in the grand scheme of things? You know, Mountain, Mountain Home could do well in a tournament because you got the Rosales brothers that are going to score high. You've got uh, Grizzle at 195 that's going to be in the placing. Um, um, or not, no, Grizzle's over at Mountain View, not Mountain Home. Um, they're 220. Smith, they've got Smith there at 220. Uh, Hanson is, is rated ranked right now at 160 and their 225 Hodges, I believe is also ranked. I'd have to look at that, but so, I mean, what they've got, they don't have as much depth as some of those other teams, but they've got the, the hammers there with the Rosales brothers, Hanson Hodges and Smith, uh, you know, and there's others there that are going to score some points. Yeah. You know, and I last, I, I watched, uh, the Rosales brothers at state last year and, uh, one of them won the state tournament. I remember he was just so happy. But I had the opportunity to talk to them at the uh, national camp for Fargo. Great kids, great personality, good heads. Uh, these kids are going to go far in life. Uh, very respectful. I mean, it was great to meet them. Um, you know, just good kids, good attitude in life. Yeah, I think Gabe was one of the last ones to leave the gym. He was there helping people clean up. I mean, just a first class citizen. I'll tell you that. Solid kids. Yep. Yes, for sure. Um, some more comments about Tiger Grizz. Lisa Wood says it was my son's first time competing. It did not disappoint. Some great matches. And, uh, hey, you get to, uh, you get to look forward to it at least for a couple more years than if it was your son's first time. So that's going to be something positive to, to look at. Uh, Brig Blake says, I think Chris Owens won the Tiger Grizz four times. So. Yeah, that's probably true. There's no doubt about it, actually. <laughs> and and Ridge Lovett probably would have had he wrestled at the Tiger Grizz too. But yeah, that's there. There's your four timer right there. <laughs> there's there's some there's some guys who just automatically yeah wherever they went they probably won four times right. Yeah, Ritz, though, it's, uh, definitely one of those. Ritz had two state titles at Skyline and two at Idaho Falls, so that was even more unique because he went to both high schools. He was a so, Tiger and a Grizz. So Brian, if you had to rank the two tournaments, Raleigh and Tiger Grizz, you you would have Raleigh here, then Tiger Grizz just right below it. Yeah, Seems I think like Raleigh had a little more depth. I I think so. That's probably right. Yeah, so, but they're both great measuring sticks for the state tournament. I think some of the weights are tougher than what they're going to meet at state. That yeah, just it depends on the bracket for sure. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, David and Michaela uh, talking about Gabe Rosales from uh, Mountain Home. Great kid. Our son wrestled him a couple times last year. Um, and David and Michaela, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're Minico, right? I can't remember where you guys are from. So let, let me know in the chat because uh, it'll be interesting to know, you know, where Mountain Home is traveling and what circles they're hitting. Um, Billy and Chelsea, uh, they, they're Thunder Ridge uh, parents. Taylor was really looking forward to competing. Super Bumptious was able to taste and had tough matches. Yeah, everybody had tough matches. It was you got out of there with a championship. You earned it. So, no yeah, doubt. That, yeah, that was that's one of the great freshmen we have, Taylor Brown. That was just heartbreaking to see that she's done for the season. And you know, Speedy recovered to her. I know she's going to bounce back better than ever. But as a freshman, that's just heartbreaking. I, you know. I, one loss on the season just to uh, um, the Lewiston. I can't can't think of the 98-pound Lewiston girl's name. I should think of it. But but that was her only loss on the season. So to see Taylor that walking around the tournament in a sling was, was heartbreaking. So speedy recovery to Taylor. 
Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I think you're thinking of jo Jolie Slider. Yes. So, and, and by the way, speaking of Jolie, she, she won a title at the Clearwater Classic up in Lewiston this weekend. Uh, Hoyt Havas and Robert Storm also picked up wins for Lewiston. Those were the individuals who won at the Clearwater Classic. I think I saw there was 18 teams maybe from, from kind of North Idaho and Washington and Oregon over there competing. Uh, Weezer went up there and actually won the team title. So, we, you know, we talk about South Fremont a lot, obviously, Al, um, in 3A wrestling, but here's Weezer going up to a pretty big competition and coming away with a team title as well and turning some heads. No, it's great to see. A lot of these teams are putting it on the line against the best competition and prepping their kids. It's always good to see some of the smaller schools do well. Yeah. The, the other 3A school, Fruitland, won the Gooding Duels tournament, uh, you know, and American Falls is up there. So you have, you know, two of the, the ranked 3A teams went, you know, head-to-head -head in duels. And to see Fruitland, you know, beat American Falls, that was pretty impressive. And Fruitland's number two team uh, won some duels at the tournament. They had two full squads. And, you know, if your two teams winning some duels, they're going to have the depth uh, at state. So they could, they could cut, you know, cause a stir in 3A. Yeah, and of course, yeah, we wrestled Fruitland earlier in the year, Rocky, and uh, they're competitive. They're uh, they're a pretty solid team. They're they were really competitive. Some good wrestlers. Yeah, and of course, any three A conversation, we got to talk about uh, Buell, right? The Buell Indians. Um, Troy, uh, is of course, South Fremont fan. He says, uh, "Gooding duels. Watch out for Ruiz at one twenty six uh, for Buell. This kid is electric." And yeah, the Gooding duels also had some very good. 3A competition going on. Uh, Jacob is with us in the uh, chat tonight as he's uh, doing dad duty. Ruiz uh, from Buell, he, he's echoing what uh, Troy said. And uh, Clements from Fruitland, Havas, uh, former from Teton, you talked about um, a little bit, guys. Uh, Tiger Grace, all real big weekends. That That's what I love about wrestling is um, one good weekend and all of a sudden somebody's stock can really take off. And what you thought coming in, can change just like that, Al, right? Yeah, and because you look at uh, Tiger Grizz, um, trying to think what weight it was, um, 45s, you had DJ Niter from Idaho Falls, 10th grader, ranked 5th in the state. He beat um, – he, uh, he won that weight group against a kid that took 4th in the state year before from Snake River. And, in fact, I think there was three kids in his weight that were state placers. So he he right now he's on the radar now, so um, you know he had he, he did really well uh, for being a, a sophomore, not placing that state the year before. So I'm sure he's going to be a, a kid that's going to possibly get a medal this se season. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, his dad usually tunes into our podcast here, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see where DJ goes. Does he stay 45 because he's wrestled a lot of the season at 38? and goes up for this tournament and wins it. So, uh, you know, those choices you got to make. <laughs> yeah, and consider, once again, it's going to be three-way, and some kids may say, hey, I got the confidence. I can place. Yeah. So they may, you know, we'll see. We'll see yep. how that works. And another kid whose stock is really rising, I feel like the last couple of weeks, we talked about this kind of before we hopped on the air tonight, Brian, is, is Balmforth, Shelly. Yeah. yeah. He's really wrestled in the last couple of weeks. He has. I mean, he's wrestled some great matches. He, he – uh, 
you know, finals of Madison Invitational, he, he beat Packer, uh, you know, caught him in a chin whip in the third period, but it was a competitive match up until that point. And, and Tiger Grizz, again, I think he was fourth. I think he wrestled Packer twice. His only losses in the tournament, I believe, were to Packer both times. He, he beat Eck um, from Thunder Ridge, if I'm not mistaken, in, in that weight class. And, and so, yeah, I mean, Brown fourth from Shelley, he's – He's definitely on the rise. Um, and, and I would say, you know, tell me your thoughts, Brian. It looked like 20s was one of the tougher weights. I mean, with Mogger being a two-time champion, the kid from Corner was a two-time finalist champion, Packer, then bound for fourth, and he's a two-time placer. Then a kid, then Eck, who's a two-time state champion, took fifth at that same weight. So, yeah, um, yeah that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and then you, you include Nampa, you got Navarro. I mean, absolutely, 120 in Idaho is, I mean, it, it it's great national weight class. I mean, you've got three or four kids there that are in the top 20 in the country between Mauger, Navarro, uh, you know, X been an All-American, uh, Packer's been an All-American, Baumforth now is beating some of these kids, you know, and state placer. And in fact, he was, was he a state champion or second as a freshman? He Mom? took second and sixth at state. Yep. So yeah, I mean that's that's a stacked weight class statewide. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. for the four A, he's gonna be. Well, he's got Mogger, so uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't doubt he makes the finals. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Stephen kind of asked the question we we were all talking about seeding, you know, state rankings, and we'll we'll have those for you at some point tomorrow on IdahoSports.com, the new rankings for the week. Um, seeding versus placing at Tiger, Tiger Grizz. Anyone making jumps this week, Brian? But besides the guys we've already talked about, you think anybody else whose stock rose from this? Uh, besides the guys we talked about, um, at you know at 170, uh, Britton Sorensen from Bonneville. Uh, I think he ended up fifth, but uh, there were a couple of people, Claiborne from Canyon Ridge and Anderson, who he placed ahead of that are ranked ahead of him statewide. Uh, that could be a jump. Uh, it's going to be fun, DJ. Nider, I mean, I think we had him fifth or sixth at 138. If they bump him to 45 after this, uh, he's he beat several of the kids. Uh, the Domenico kid was there. Blackfoot was there. Obviously, Vitalman wasn't there and Valdez, but he could pop on the radar and jump on him 45 if we move him to 45 there. Um, uh, so there, there's a handful that could change for sure. I'm trying to think who else from Tiger Grizz, but definitely could be some movement. Yeah, Troy's got one. Uh, Frothinger wrestled really tough, especially coming off an injury uh, from Eagle. Frothinger. Yeah. Yeah. Tanner, Tanner is tough. Didn't I mean? I think he had a tighter semi or quarterfinal match. I remember. I can't. I'd have to go back and look. But after that, he seemed to be really in, in sync. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was great to see him. You know, back on the map for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 Jacob says Sawyer Anderson over Frothinger was big for seeding when we get to the to the 98 pound at 5A. Um, and that's always something to think about too, right, is uh, the seeding process. And they, they look at all this stuff that happened in the regular season. And I know I know that's always a, a topic that everybody wants to talk about is, uh, you know, who gets seeded where. Um, and, but that's all part of that's all part of the deal for sure. Um, yeah, it's not as easy as it looks, because if you look at all the placers, um, you got a majority of the placers were 4A because I think most of the schools were 4A there. But um, there's a mixture of 3A, 4A, 5A. I don't think there was any 2A placers um, there. But, yeah, it's uh, there were some number ones in the 5A losing to a number two in the 
3A. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, they're all about the same level, but it's it's a little tricky uh, for the rankings. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple more comments rolling in here, uh, just kind of catching up on what we were talking about. Uh, AJ Havas, love hearing from uh, from Havas. Uh, Weezer wrestled tough at the big weights. Uh, again, talking about the Clearwater Classic up in Lewiston this past week. Steven says DJ won't be going anywhere. What a stud. We were talking about that a couple minutes ago. Uh, Matthew Hamilton was asking about, was it 145? I, I can't remember. Uh, 145. Yeah, he said, he said, I was sure Cody Rich was going to get it. Um, uh, we also have in here Lisa Wood talking about 170 at 5A is stacked. Uh, yeah, I'm inclined to agree right now uh, with last week's rankings. <clears throat> the top the top six, Laguna, accordingly, Rogers, Benjamin Miller from Boise, Hockland from Middleton, Wyatt Romero from uh, Timberline. That's it's pretty good. <laughs> and then don't we have Forrett from Columbia? I know he was uh, – looked like he medical defaulted the six, but he's another one who's, yeah. uh, you know, a state champion, two-time placer. Yeah, and he's – But they're 4A. Four, they're four Columbia's 4A. Four I stand corrected. So, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Also, let's see. Uh, here in the chat, uh, Jacob says uh, – Farrow uh, from Fruitland over Orr from Buell makes Orr a four seed at state as of right now. He could be wrong. That's interesting. That's yeah. That's lower than I would have thought. But that's yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh, Troy Hobbs says congrats to Belknap at one fifty two. Look good. Uh, beat the Middleton kid. Great match. Um, yeah. Good showing there. Um, Matthew Hamilton, another uh, shout out for Jose Laguna. Lisa Wood says, Hockland mom here. Um, Steven says, Blackfoot has some underdogs that came up big this weekend. Cole Inskeep, Kylan Guerra, uh, Ty Adams hustling every day. Uh, you know, Blackfoot is to me, I kind of compare Blackfoot to Highland, right? It's, it's a team that's coming from the east. Coming with decent numbers, but kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit at state. What do you what do you think about Blackfoot's chances this year, Brian? Yeah, Blackfoot could be you know one of those teams that uh, you know I'm, don't count them out. I mean, I think we've got them what third or fourth in in the rankings right now, uh, fifth. So we've got them fifth. But uh, again, it's a deep team, and they the Adams you know Adams made the finals as a, at one thirteen as a freshman. Um, and then Henderson, you know, he's number and number one in the rankings. We know Mogger's going to be there. Uh, the 106 pounder Abercrombie is going to score some points. Uh, the two Inskeep brothers, uh, I think at 45 and 52, uh, you know, scored points at Tiger Grizz, medaled. Uh, Kylan Guerrero at 160 should be in the state medals. Um, you know, he, that's another person that's, you know, moving up our rankings quick. He came from not ranked and, you know, he should be you know, three or four in that weight because he's beat just about everybody there. He beat the Siemens kid from Nampa uh, who came down up at the duels last week. So Blackfoot is a, you know, you cannot count them out and they've got a lot of kids, good depth. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah keep, keep an eye on Blackfoot. Okay. Al, this next question I'm going to direct to you because we were talking a little bit 
about this before the show tonight while we were waiting for Brian to hop on the chat. This is from Wade Waldron. He says, what do you guys know about the session schedule for state this year? Nothing posted yet on the IHSAA website. Can they run all classifications plus girls at the same time at the Idaho Center? Have they considered just keeping state at home? We talked about this a little bit last week in terms of facilities. And according to Wade, you know, not enough space at the Idaho Center. We talked about this, Al. It's it's a tightrope. To, to do um, I think it's possible, but so if, say you had it at the Idaho Center, say there's 12, maybe, I don't know, maybe you can squeeze another mat or two in there. The way it's ran now is you have four mats for each division. So you sort of do it in that quadrant. If we were to do it at Idaho Center, they would have to be able to run everything simultaneously where you randomly go to whatever mat because uh, you'd have to keep this thing flowing. So I think it's possible, but you would have to set up the system where it's you know you're not in one section you're you can go anywhere sort of like how they run the raleigh lane your thoughts brian yeah no i'm i mean i agree it's you know it's a logistical you know i have not seen the schedule i was looking for the schedule as well i was going to ask the coaches if they'd seen an email with the the session breakdown so i have not seen that either um you know hopefully we can get a hold of that this week because that'd be a fun discussion as to how they're going to do it you know are they going to try to do all the i mean it's usually broken up by division. So I, I have to assume they're going to keep it the same way and just run the mix the girls in or, or hold a separate session. I'm not no idea, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we talked about this uh, last week or maybe the week before, and um, we determined that Raleigh lane had more wrestlers, right. Mm-hmm. than what state will have. So I, I guess to me, that means that they can, yeah. Pull it off somehow, right? I mean, so so I got the I got I I just remembered I got something sent to me and it's it's tentative. It can change, but apparently it looks like on Thursday they have the three A two A on six mats session one. Girls will be on eight mats session ones, and then the um, this is starting at nine a.m. on um, Thursday. Then one o'clock the girls will go on uh, eight mats, then at 3 o'clock to 6.30, 5A and 4A will go on six mats. That's how Thursday will run. And then on Friday, session two would start at uh, 9 o'clock, session three, and so forth. But um, And then on Saturday, they do the concert round, then medal matches, then the parade of champs. But I'm sure that's subject to change. And that's always the big disclaimer, right? Subject to change. That's a very uh, tentative uh, plan. Uh, Bo Ward brings some good point. Pretty sure Holt Arena is under renovation right now. You are correct, Bo. They got half of it done. Then they kind of stopped for football season at Idaho State. And now they're doing the, the other half. I'm sure it's just a concrete floor in there right now. So, I mean, you could throw mats down, but there's a lot of dust and heavy machinery and whatnot. Okay, Troy says right now uh, – Aiden Atau, MVP from Bora. This kid is one of my favorites. Good job, buddy. And yeah, I mean, we talk we talk about Aiden every week. I feel like he is um, he is one of Idaho's best and brightest wrestlers. And, and the saying is, the rising tide lifts all boats. He is lifting everybody else up in Idaho with him because more eyeballs are being diverted to our state. Now we've talked about this a lot with um, the exposure that Idaho is getting because of. Um, all of these great wrestlers at the top. Alfonso wants to know, and NHA agrees, for sure, legendary status. Um, Natasha Storm giving a shout-out to Big Rob Storm at 285. 
I'm assuming they're related from Lewiston representing the Bengals. Um, okay, Alfonso says, who's the most dominant wrestler in their class? Al, Brian, do you guys have a good answer for this? Doesn't have to be a towel. It can be who who's just the most dominant. Like, let's chalk it up and call it a day. I I, I would have to go with a towel. I mean, I, I think it's <laughs> but it, when you're talking dominance, the kid is dominant. I mean, uh Skellinger's also great. Mogger, you know, he's had he's definitely dominant, but his weight class is so tough you just don't see it. He's got the competition, but but a towel with um um uh, the Mountain View kid, the heavyweight there that he had. The oh, Shiloh kid. Jones. Shiloh Jones. I mean, that's his closest. And, you know, uh, Tao's beat him pretty good. So I, I would have to go with the Tao there. I can't think of anybody. Yeah, that's I agree. Out. It's Tao. Then you got Skellinger. They're both world level wrestlers. Yeah. And the thing about a Tao and then Jones, Jones is getting better because of a Tao. Yeah. He's going after him. He's not just saying, okay, you're going to beat me. He wants to win. So that's elevating him and he's a Fargo All-American too and that's what happens is kids aspire to be like the Moggers by like the Itals and it just makes the competition better and deeper and stronger which yeah. is great to see yeah and then and then uh, Mara also from Meridian is you know definitely dominant uh great very, technician yep exactly yep I, I was gonna say uh we, we're getting a lot of votes here in the chat. Uh, H.A. says, uh, for, first he said attaining. I think that was autocorrect. And then it was a towel. Uh, Alfonso says a towel. Uh, Jacob said uh, 5A uh, Mara uh, that we were talking about. Matthew says that as well. Jacob also says Mac Mogger, of course, 4A from Blackfoot. Uh, 3A Hobbs from South Fremont. Maddox echoes that. Hunter Hobbs, 182, 3A. The guy I was going to go with was uh, I was I was going to say uh, Matt Martino, Bishop Kelly, one twenty six. I don't know. All the kids got a great resume, right? He's placed at Fargo. He's went to the World Trials. He's up and coming. He's he won the Cadet Pan American Games, so he knows how to compete. He's still adjusting in weights. He's grown a little bit, but uh, he's definitely a great one. Yeah, I mean, and state Matt Lane for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, AJ Halas says uh, Ryder and Jaden are right there too. Skellinger and, and Ryder uh, Seguin, uh, Hobbs and Mogger, uh, 3A Cade Craig, slightly under Hobbs, barely, Jacob says. Um, Billy and Chelsea say, uh, besides their own kiddos, they really enjoy watching Courtney Hunt uh, from American Falls. A lot of Hunts doing all sorts of great athletic things uh, in American Falls. Great soccer and basketball players as well. Uh, yeah, Ryder Seguin uh, at 98, uh, Ryder from Post Falls, definitely. Uh, Coulter Burton from American Falls, 3A State Tourney Dominance, eight matches, seven pins, one tech. Yeah, the numbers don't lie there, that's for sure. That, that's pretty so, I want to throw in Frothinger, too, from Eagle, yeah. Tanner. I mean, he's going for his fourth state title, multiple yeah. All-American. And in the girls, we have to look at Alyssa Randall. She's going yeah. for number four, too, four-time Raleigh champ. Very yeah. solid, solid wrestler in the girls' division. Yep, and I think Cadence Beck is still undefeated up there, and and mm -hmm. Jolie Slider, uh, you know, she uh, Taylor Brown was undefeated, and I believe Jolie Slider teched her up there. That's pretty dominant at ninety eight pounds for girls as well. So it's a couple yeah. other girls that need mentioned. And when I've seen Russell a few times, it's impressed me is Haley Campbell from uh, state champion from Columbia at one fifty twos. She's uh, I wouldn't I'm surprised she's not ranked nationally. She's starting to beat some good girls out there so yeah. solid wrestler 
Yeah, and when you talk girls, I mean, uh, Skyla Zimmerman from Moscow is always a great one to watch. Uh, Steven says for the girls, Vale and LeBeau. Uh, those, those are great ones also. A uh, little self-promotion here. I enjoy watching. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got no problem with it. At least, at least another great freshman. Yes. Uh, Jacob says Zimmerman gave Beck a loss early, but it was a close match. Talking about Skyline and Cadence there. Uh, Skellinger, uh, Jolie Slider is a beast. AJ Hamas says, yeah, I got to put Tanner Frothinger there as well. So many talented kids in Idaho. Good topic. Yes. And that's why we love doing this because there's so many. We could talk about 40 <laughs> different kids on any given night. Um, yeah. And so it's it's just so much fun to watch the, the talent. Well, one more on the girls' division, too. She's only a sophomore from Mountain Home, Amy Hartman. I think she took runner-up last year. She's beaten a lot of people this year. So I can see her starting to elevate in the national rankings very soon, if not, you know, at the end of this year. She's really making big strides in just one year. Yep, for sure. Um, okay, Matthew Hamilton from Post Falls has a question. Next big tournaments, and will districts affect the state seedings? And also, do seedings at state matter if they're on the same team? So let's, let's talk about the seeding part first, and then we'll go into what's coming up this weekend because there's, of course, Red Halverson that we'll talk about. But um, okay, so and I, I don't know the answer to this, Brian. Does does what happen at districts affect state seeding? It must, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, district placement, so district champion uh, and placement at district are some of the top criteria. I don't have in front of me exactly what they are, but I believe district champion is the second or third criteria for state. Well, probably third or fourth because you got returning state champions, returning state placer, and then I think district champion is either the third or the fourth seeding criteria. So that absolutely will matter. Plus, it usually goes to head to head. So you know, if the one guy beats the two and that's the only time they've wrestled or it's the second or the third time. It's a rubber match. Uh, it definitely matter. And if they're on the same team, yeah, because that, that JV guy is not going to most likely, unless they've been able to wrestle these varsity tournaments is not going to have the seeding criteria. So, you know, the one guy could be a one or two seed and you, you, your, your JV's guy is drawing in. They try to separate those if possible. Um, but sometimes it's not possible and two guys on the same team will end up on the same side. Yeah. Yeah. And people got to realize, too, sometimes being six seed is better than being four seed because you're on the bottom half and you may have a better shot at beating some of those kids than going up against number one seed. It's it's, it's strategic, mm -hmm. very strategic. Yes. Um, so some coaches are OK with where their guys get ended up seated at, even though they think, you know, quote unquote, they should be higher for sure. <laughs> um, OK. Uh, Red Halverson coming up this weekend. There's been a ton of questions. And, and comments about Red Halverson. Um, I can't find all of them right now, so I'm just going to go with Jacob because he had the most recent. Who wins Red Halverson? And he also wants to know who wins the North Idaho Rumble. So let's start with Red Halverson. This is this is the big one um, that is hosted by Minico. Troy Hobbs says it's Minico uh, coming off that Tiger Grizz win. Um, what do you, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, my my money's on Minico as well. Just just you know, seeing them at Tiger Grizz, the depth they have. It's their home tournament. Uh, other teams that are in the mix, obviously Nampa's going to be in the mix. Um, Snake River had a good showing at Tiger Grizz. Um, you know, so I, I would say it's Nampa or Minico. It's probably Minico, but I would say Nampa's a probably you know in the top two or three there. Blackfoot mm -hmm. could make some noise. We've already talked about Blackfoot. 
Um, Bishop Kelly's going to be there, right? So they have five or six kids if they're all healthy. Yeah. Yeah. could possibly score a lot of points yeah. uh, if they get kids in the finals. Yeah. B- BK sure. is still the, the big wild card to me because they've been – They've been competing in some stuff in Idaho, but they've also been kind of out doing their own thing a little bit. And and I don't know. I really do think they're going to be a big player at state, but we just, in terms of them versus Idaho competition, we haven't seen as much of that this year. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're the big wild card for sure. Um, okay. Other good competitions here. Steven says Blackfoot isn't going to red where, uh, if you know where Blackfoot's headed, Steven, let us know in the chat for sure. Uh, Troy also says, yeah, Minico, Nampa, BK, kind of what we echoed there. Um, Alfonso wanted to give a shout out to the North Fremont wrestlers. He said, uh, I had the privilege of spending the weekend with North Fremont. No seniors on the team, so they're young, but a good group of young men. Shout out to them and their coaches. Yeah, that's great. And then kind of piggybacking on, on the 2A conversation, uh, Michelle and Dan Fabby, these must be Louie's parents up in Clearwater Valley. The North-South duels this weekend, huge for 2A um, up there in Kuski. That, that's going to be a big weekend as well up in North Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Up at Clearwater, huh? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then continuing the 2A conversation, uh, the Willoughby's. Shout out to the new Plymouth wrestlers and their R.D. Brown tourney this weekend. Um, where's that one at? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still a newbie. I'm still learning where all these are at. <laughs> I'm not sure where that one is either. I haven't. Mm-mm. Maybe it's or maybe in Oregon. I mean, New Plymouth is right there on that Oregon border, but uh, maybe, maybe Julie and Eric can tell us in, in the chat. Um, okay. H- I, oh, it's in New Plymouth. Okay. They're there hosting. you go. <laughs> Sorry. I'm still learning. That, that's one I've never been to. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, yeah, Jacob says, yeah, it's it's in New Plymouth. Um, okay. H.A. Hibas says the North Idaho Rumble is gonna be a good one this year. Uh what do you what do you think of this uh field up north, Brian? You know, I don't know the Washington schools that are gonna be there. Uh Hartford, um, couple of West Valley. I don't know the Washington wrestlers, but American Falls is going up, it looks like on on the site. Uh, Canyon Ridge, so you got a little mix of American Falls. I don't know if American Falls and Canyon Ridge have been together. Buell's up there, it looks like. Um, so it's going to be a great turn. Lewiston, obviously, is up there. Uh, I think Pocatello, I talked to their coach. I believe they're headed up there this week. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting mix of schools, some of them that we haven't seen together before. So it's, it's going to be a great tournament, and I don't know who the favorite is. And I'd have to say American Falls. Lewiston's going to have – well, Post Falls, I believe, is there. So Post Falls has got to be the favorite if Post Falls is up there. Um, but interesting mix. Yeah, Matthew Hamilton says, you all know who yeah. wins the Rumble. That's, yeah. There you go. Um, I will say, though, Al, we've got some uh, some dissenting opinions in the chat here. Uh, Sam Seguin says Post Falls. Uh, Troy Hobbs says, I think Buell could win the Rumble if they are all healthy and fully staffed. And Jacob Beck also wants to know, Fred Bartlett, is it going to be a full lineup yeah. up north? <laughs> no yeah. answer yet, but. Yeah, they didn't wrestle their full lineup this week, so that might have given Fruitland the advantage. I think they were missing some kids there, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be, that's why it's it's fun. I mean, you got Buell and Post Falls, so here we got the powers in 5A and 3A going head-to-head, and uh be fun to see how it turns out. 
Yeah, well, now Troy's walking it back a little bit. He says, I, I didn't know Post was going. So he's going to. This is what makes wrestling fun, though, Al, right? Because you can talk about Buell and Post Falls going head to head, South Fremont and Meridian going head to head. And we just, in other sports, we don't get that as much. Whereas in wrestling, you really can go, you know, mono a mono. And it doesn't really matter what classification says. If you've got the guys, you can compete. Now, this is what I'm talking about. All these kids are putting in the time. A lot of them, small schools are going to Fargo. There's some great wrestling across the board. And that's what I was talking about when I first moved here. I observed that, and I'm like, well, wow, there's something special happening here. And that, that, as a writer and promoter, my goal is to bring the conversation into Idaho on a from the national scale. So we're part of it because there's a lot to talk about, and it's great. Really happy to be here. Yeah, well... Uh, we're happy to bring you the podcast uh, every single week. Uh, we're we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks to everybody that was in the chat tonight. Uh, stimulating conversation, as always. Uh, one last request before we duck out of here. You're hanging out. Uh, hit that like button, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and then share this as well. Retweet it. Share the post. That'll help everybody uh, else uh, that isn't able to be here live come back tomorrow because we get tons of people that come back and watch it later um, so it's easier for them to find the more people like it and share it. So, okay. A couple quick questions. Julie and Eric want to know, is there rankings this week? Yes, we are working on them. They will be up, uh, sometime tomorrow, probably, uh, is what I will tell you there. And Steven hashtag grow women's wrestling. Couldn't agree more. We're off to a great start with that. And it's only going to get bigger and bigger in the state of Idaho for sure. So, all right. Uh, Brian, Al, Thanks for uh, joining us as always. Appreciate the insights, guys. Thanks, hey, man. Pleasure. I'll, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Red Halverson with our team, so I'll be able to have a little, you know, Matt side insight. So I look forward to it. I'll be there too. We'll see you there, Al. All right, cool. Talk to you later. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast. We'll see you next week uh, for another live show uh, here on IdahoSports.com. Thanks for watching.